1: From a network of highly secure, top-secret locations across South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider Podcast, a podcast that always has the same strategic partners. I am your host, Mike Finger, joined as always by Express News Sports Editor Nick Talbot, beat writers Tom Orsborn, and Jeff McDonald. Since we met you last, the Spurs ended a losing streak. Might have started in a new one, added a new minority owner. Where would the beat writers like to start with this team this week? Jeff, go ahead.
0: Uh, I would like to start with uh, Tom Orsborn.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, what are you? Well, I'm wondering with your lead in, I'm wondering if I, what, as a strategic partner of this podcast, if I sell, what, what could I get right now? That's, that's my question. Are you saying that you're trying to cash out of the podcast
1: as what? some long-time, long-time minority owners of the San Antonio Spurs decided yeah, to, to get while the get, getting was good? And What
2: well, uh, would be at this point, you know, how much the podcast is worth? I mean, I'm not sure if you could retire to the south of France.
1: I'm not sure if you could retire at all.
2: But that would probably tell- be...
0: I I think what you would get is a uh, taupe colored mug Ah. (laughs) to go with your, your Um, salmon colored mug. So you can have a about.
1: It is a time of transition as it has been for a while with this franchise. Um, The news we're recording this on Tuesday morning. The news of the day is that the Spurs have added yet another new "Quote unquote strategic partner from the world of Airbnb, uh, Joe Gebbia joins Michael Dell and uh, the investors from San Francisco. I think it's called Sixth Street Partners. All these all these new investors coming in, kind of bringing the Spurs into this new era. Obviously, they're committed to San Antonio. They've got a sprawling new campus in development on the uh, on the northwest side." Um, they're going to be here for a long time, but as this team goes through a rebuilding year, um, they're kind of uh, they're kind of reshuffling and and getting ready for what awaits them. And I'm just wondering, uh, I'm I'm wondering, Tom, you you probably had something on this this morning. Um, any any overall impressions of uh, of what this means?
2: Well, they they continue to just reshape, you know. Uh, the franchise and, and the ownership group and modernize it really, um, for so many years there, there were individual investors, uh, that owned, you know, small stakes, um, you know, a percentage here, a percentage there. And a percentage that became very valuable over time. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> there was one original investor left and, uh, yeah, he, he uh, he cashed out, uh, at a pretty lucrative price, but yeah, it's just, it's in keeping in line with, with what the NBA wants. They, they don't want these, uh, mom and pop investor type groups. Uh, they would rather have, um, uh, groups that are held by, uh, large firms, uh, billionaires, um, you know, uh, just, just eliminating the, the number of small investors. So it's keeping with that. And, and the Spurs, just as they do with recruiting players, they've, they've recruited some really heavy corporate hitters. And, um, you know, Airbnb is in keeping with that. So it's just another um, uh, piece of a makeover that began last, uh, last summer, last June, um, that's continuing, and uh, but the the main thing is the Holtz, the Holt family continues to hold the largest share, and uh, Peter J Holt continues to be the managing partner.
1: Biggest question I had about this, Tom, um, and it's a huge source of concern for me. In order to retain my credentials, to cover Spurs games, am I going to have to stop staying at Marriotts and going to Airbnbs, or is <laughs> is that going to be is is if am i required to like stay at somebody's house that's renting it out airbnb style like in philadelphia or milwaukee or is, is that not affected at all yikes um uh yeah i hope not uh i yeah. hope not um not that there's anything wrong with airbnbs but we're no, creatures, no, of, habit. No. We're well, creatures what, of habit
0: what i want to know is uh can i can i airbnb the at&t center for my kid's birthday party that could be a, an option. Um, yeah, that'd be something
1: Who do I the, contact um, about this. I, pop? I think the new new pop pop. Yes. Ask pop about the Airbnb. All options. Right. I'll, I'm I'll sure he's I'll, he's I'll, all, I'll all that over it, that. I'll do that tomorrow. The other thing you could ask pop about is, um, you know, what, what's, what the heck is going on in this town with this team? Um, like I said, the, the losing streak did come to an end over the past week, but this, this, and this team is getting, I guess, healthy again. Derek White is back. Uh, Doug McDermott is back. I'm not sure who, I can't remember who else was out as of a week Trey ago. Jones is still out. Trey, Jones is, still Trey out. Jones is still out, but the team is slowly getting healthy, but I'm just wondering about the overall, um, I guess position that this team is in. Um, it's gonna be in a situation where I guess the play in tournament is going to be a possibility uh for the for the foreseeable future. But uh where what what is the sort of state of the basketball team itself as we head into the latter half of January,
0: Jeff? Well, the 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 long losing streak was mostly related to uh like half the team getting covid. And now half the team is back from COVID, but it just takes a while to get everybody back on the same page and, and get momentum rolling uh, again uh, last night. Uh, I don't know when, whenever you're listening to this uh, listeners and viewer, viewers out there um, against the, uh, against the Suns, Um, That was the first time the Spurs had their actual starting lineup. The, the five guys we've come to know and love since December 23rd. So it's just going to take a while for for all the pieces to fit back together again. I don't know how long a while is. um, Against the Suns, the starters played really well. Um, you know, we're in that game, we're leading that game, we're up by 12 points in that game in the third quarter. It was the bench that kind of let things get away, or let let Venus get back into the game in at the end of the third quarter, and then the fourth was just kind of a, a complete clown show. Um, all the way around just five turnovers, live ball turnovers, just everything you don't want to do to close a game against the best team in the western Conference, the Spurs did it. so I don't think there was anything super surprising about that game, but I do think once they get you know the pieces back together, everyone back in rhythm at the same time they'll they'll be okay they'll 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 win some games and lose some games. they'll be back to where they were in mid December, whether that's enough to be a play team or not, I don't know um but you know, it'll, it'll look better than it did during that kind of atrocious losing streak. I guess the question is, what are, what are they
1: when they have everything back? If you look at the three most important guys on the team this year, and that is DeJounte Murray, Derek White, and Jacob Pertle, There's been stretches where they've been without each of those three guys, and they haven't been very good when they don't have all three of them. I think they're four and 14. I actually did some research
0: in the wow. games when,
1: when any of those guys have missed a game
0: four and did 14. You like, did you set an alarm to wake up early to do that research? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and, uh, so when they, when
1: they're full strength, like I, I went back to my, uh, middle school math, grade school math, early math, uh, it, if they are 10 games under 500 when they don't have those all three of those guys and they're 12 games under 500 overall, that means I think there's still two games under 500 when they're full
0: strength or when they have right. all three of those guys. So there's a, there's a way, there's so a way even to li- go ahead, go ahead. There's a way to further massage that sample size in that Derek white was technically healthy to start the season and playing a lot, but he was just kind of a mess of everything. Like he wasn't, he wasn't the Derek white that we've seen when he's been on the floor since about uh, you know the start of December on, there's really been about fifteen a fifteen game sample size where they've had all their guys and Derek White wasn't in this season opening slump that he was in. Um, in all yeah.
1: seriousness,
0: and, I, and I'm not trying to to be cute, no, I couldn't. Those, if, I, those I could fifteen if I tried. Pretty, look pretty
1: good. I, I couldn't be cute if I tried, but like every team can massage sure. numbers that way and sure. say, "Well, the, when we were at our best, this sure. this." My point sure. is like for people waiting for everything to come together and for all these circumstances to be ideal, like the, the peak still is sort of fringe uh, playoff team. And um, yes. I'm, I'm I'm just, you know, I, this isn't breaking news, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I, I just think that, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of obvious.
0: <laughs> well, welcome to the Spurs insider podcast. I'm your host, Captain Obvious.
1: There you
0: go. There this you team go. Is, is, you know, I'm starting to think the Spurs team at best is a fringe playoff team. That's what they, that's what the, that's what the viewers come to hear. I'm saying that's these, the, these, that's these groundbreaking, sort of the peak. groundbreaking observations. That's been the
1: peak is a team that's kind of on the, on the fringe there. And yes, we all they're know not this. peaking. There's been a lot of times when they're not peaking and there's probably going to be more times in the future where not everything is going great. Um, you know, I think, I think it's just sort of time. This is, this is a segue. Um, It's, it's time for everyone to be realistic. And I'm not saying that the Spurs have not been realistic, but do, do you start thinking about trade deadline? Do you start thinking about what in the heck um, you're trying to accomplish with this season? Uh, Does, does, does your attention, does your focus shift over the second half of the season? If you are, Greg Popovich, if you are the uh, the brain trust of this team?
0: Well, or do you just right, keep just, doing
1: what you've been doing?
0: It's already kind of started to shift. Like It's become obvious that Thad Young is not going to play again ever for the Spurs. I'm not breaking news, but it takes a lot to get that dude on the floor at this point. They had a game the other night where Drew Eubanks was out. Jakob Pertl was in foul trouble and they're not playing Thad Young for any sort of reason. Brent Forbes mm-hmm. is kind of in the same boat. He was playing a lot when like all the guards had COVID. But since all with all the guards back in a couple games, since all the guards have been back, Brent Forbes has been a DNP, a DNP. You're seeing a lot more of Jock Landale, even even in the nights where he's not been so great, he's, they're still going to him. So if you're talking about, uh, does your focus switch that way? I think that focus has already been switched towards um, you know the group they want to develop and and grow. As far as trade deadline, I mean, the guy you are looking at is, is Thad young. That's the reason he's not playing what they can get for him. I don't know. You know, I, I was reminded last, again, I, I always say last night cause it was last night. Um, I was reminded last night when the Spurs played Phoenix, like that was a team like from the get go, from, from the time the Spurs acquired Thad young, that was like the major team you heard was, was interested. Would, would, mm-hmm. You know, that's the team that's going to come back at the trade deadline and, and look at them. Well, the Suns uh, signed this fellow called Bismack Biombo to a 10-day contract when they had their own uh, COVID outbreak. And then they just... He was so good, they signed him for the rest of the season. So I don't know mm-hmm. if they have a fad Young need anymore. And by the way, Biyombo murdered the Spurs last night. I don't know how it happened. This is not a guy that you expect uh, to, in, in the year of our Lord 2022 to be winning basketball games against you. But that's what happens with good teams. They have dudes step up. You know, the it was... It wasn't really devin Booker's 48 or chris Paul that beat the Spurs last night it was bismack biombo getting 16 and, or 17 and 14 off the bench but I digress they seem to have filled their thad young hole with Bismack biombo so I don't I don't know where the spurs look now maybe they'll be somebody I don't know what you flip them for um it'll be something of course they'll continue to try to do because you know this is this is the one um kind of leftover move they have from the offseason to try to complete but I, I don't Hey, someone might come out of the woodwork, some suitor, but I don't, I don't, I don't see it right now. We got a month to go. Plus, and ben Forbes probably you, could be had too. Sure.
2: Plus, you, you all signs point to Zach Collins returning. You know, maybe as soon as next week. Um, so that that you know further gives the Spurs, you know, another piece to look at um, as they go about trying to. Make plans for a long range uh, as as this rebuilding continues. What is your thought process on
1: um, the Thad Young? I, I guess what I'm asking is you 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 mentioned this on Twitter last week, Jeff, about how the Spurs already got what they wanted from the Demar Derozan deal and. They got their first round pick, and which is years from now, and a second round pick this year, which could be pretty good. Um, like, does does how, how much of the 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 analysis of that trade does 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 the does the bottom line of that trade? How much of that is affected by whether trad you get anything for that younger?
0: I mean, I don't know. You can't. I, I. The way I phrase it, it's like, uh, like like you said. They got the they, the the whole purpose of that deal was to move a guy, Demar Derozan, who wasn't going to play here. He was either going to he was an unrestricted free agent that was going to go sign with the Bulls. Now mm-hmm. you can either get something back. You can either get something anything back for him or not. Well, let's do a sign and trade and get something. But the, what they what they wanted the most was the picks. It's like your mm-hmm. Christmas list is you want your mom to get you an Xbox. She gets you the Xbox, and, hey, hey, throw, throws in this, just a scratch off lottery ticket to go with it, just for fun. Um, that's that young. You scratch it off, you win 10 bucks, awesome. You know, that's 10 bucks I didn't have, that's gravy on top of my Xbox. You scratch it off and you you get nothing. You don't go, well, this whole Christmas sucks. You still got your Xbox. You got the Xbox, you got the, the thing you wanted the most. I always I always looked at at. Anytime you get something like that in a trade, an NBA trade that you're trying to flip for something else, um, if you can do it, it's great. But you can't. I mean, you can't force other teams to take it. You have to have that. You have to have that understanding and that that reality going in that you can't force someone to trade for your guy. And I guarantee you, the Spurs aren't holding out for KD. You know, like give me a second round pick and you can have Thad Young probably. Give me a late first first rounder, you can have him for sure. Chris Dunn. Do they want Chris Dunn?
1: Um I'm I i do not think that you're wrong. And the problem with these. That's because I'm of, not the problem with these sort of hot take conversations is there's just all the sort of gray area nuance gets gets lost in it. But I do think like Devil's Advocate, that young was more that young was more than a lottery pick. The or more than a lottery ticket. Um, I think he had some like the when that trade was made, when people were talking about how the Spurs did, hey, they got Thad young out of it. This is something that this this is this is a piece that people could want. They could turn that into something. That was part of why that trade was well reviewed for the Spurs. And for them to end up getting nothing for them, I think would be a disappointment. Well,
2: number that's two, fair. I don't think
1: Number two, I don't think that the picks that they got were necessarily the equivalent of the Xbox, and that you know the, the, there there's a first round pick that could end up coming in like 2025, 2026, you know, that's fine. It's not just a a huge draft pick return. Um, And again, now, now I'm being, now I'm sounding like I'm being overly negative. I'm not, I'm just trying to present both sides of this argument. The other thing is um, the Spurs sort of chose last year to Take DeMar into the offseason and to get what they could get in the offseason trade in a sign and trade. You know, you kind of have to evaluate not just what's happening this year with that young and he's hard to trade. I understand that. And not just evaluate what happened last summer when they got the best that they could do with DeMar wanting to leave. But also, like you go all the way back to the middle of last season with could they have gotten more for Demar when he still had a half year left? Sure, maybe not. Could... Pro- probably not. I'm just we saying could... there's degrees of all this up and down, and it's not entirely unreasonable to sort of look back and, and wonder if they did this perfectly. And I don't think anybody would would say that they did. I mean, it's, we don't easy, have... it's easy to look back and in, in in hindsight and say, hey, they should have been, done X, Y, Z. Um, but I think the, the, the overall picture here is they did okay. Like it's not the worst thing they didn't, it wasn't like organizational malpractice and they they're going to get picks out of it, but, uh, it, it hasn't gone, um, swimmingly it hasn't gone perfect. And, uh, I don't know. I know that's I not, mean, that's not much of a
0: hot take headline. Yeah. But. Um, I mean, you, we don't really have time on the podcast, but if you want to go like, if you want to unravel it to that point, you can just keep unraveling it. To why did right, they have right. Demar in the first place? Why did why didn't yeah, they yeah. make a different deal? I mean, it's just you. You have the you have the you have the circumstances you have, and you have to make the most of it. And I, you know, I, I think I got no problem with the Spurs taking Demar to the offseason. Like, I, I also, let's not act like they didn't try to. Like, they didn't look at options while Demar was there. Also, like at the trade right, right. last year. The, the, the idea that just because they didn't trade a guy doesn't mean they didn't look at it or didn't try to trade a guy or didn't, we, we, yeah. we almost never know what the offers were, what was rejected, what was turned down, what could have been. It's hard to have these conversations because we never know what the, what the other concrete alternatives were. So I also want to be, I also want to be clear in that
1: every step of this way, I never thought we never said on this podcast while wow, they're really screwing up by, doing xyz like every every move they've made along the way going back to like trading Kawhi Leonard it's like okay that sort of makes sense you know there's there's no there's nothing that they've done that was like this is outrageous they should have done this um and you know you mentioned the the spurs or the suns striking it lucky with like a biznat beyond a biombo 10 day contract Do you organizations need Stuff just to work out every now and then like that. Like anybody could have had that guy, and they ended up. Mm-hmm. Maybe that guy could help them. The Spurs, I think it's fair to say, over the past four years, almost four years, just nothing has worked out great. <laughs> um, they've they've done a lot of they've made a lot of moves that sort of made sense and were and and had thought behind it, and and obviously they put a lot of thought into everything they do. It's just been a while since. Yeah, they they really got like they really got lucky with that Leonard trade. They really got lucky by hanging on to LaMarcus Aldridge or hanging on to DeMar DeRozan or whatever. It's just that you're kind of waiting for that next just stroke of good luck to happen. And until it does, you're kind of in a in a holding pattern. Does that make sense? That makes sense. I mean, things that there there have been there have been moves that Still have potential. I mean, they got Yaka Perl. Yaka Perl probably worked out better than anybody would have thought when he was thrown yeah, into the right. Kawhi trade. You get a Kelton Johnson. Um, there's still hopes for, like, a Devin Vassell in the draft, Josh Primo in the draft. You just need one of these what, things what to you're, hit. What
0: you're, and, what you're saying is you need one of these uh, scratch-off tickets to come in at, like, uh, $30 instead of just 5 yeah. Right. Or, or nothing. That's what right. you're saying. I've been doing a lot of scratch-offs lately. It's my retirement plan. That's why I keep coming back to that analogy. Yes, yeah. uh, also, it's not working out great for me either. Like much like the Spurs. Nothing's working out great. Well, I'll keep trying it, and I'm sure the odds well, I did win be- I did win ten thousand dollars, but i I turned them in for uh, ten thousand more scratch off tickets.
1: That's <laughs> probably not wise.
0: The <laughs> scratch off tickets up in uh, Austin,
1: I guess that's something else to talk about. Uh, Tom yeah. mentioned it earlier Zach Collins played for the first time. And is it uh, a year and a half? Uh, I think the last time he played was August of 2020. Yeah. He's playing. He was Josh back in the play league. Well. Yeah. What do you, what, what do we expect from, uh, from those guys moving forward?
2: Well, he played about, about 20 minutes. He started eight points, uh, the, three blocks, uh, picked up a technical, uh, that might've been the best, uh, the most revealing moment about him. You know, the players have talked about, uh, Keldon talked last night about the attitude that Zach has, that he's got some meanness to him, some attitude. And, uh, he got, he got scored on a uh, drive into the basket, uh, drive into the lane. He gets the ball turns and pivots and, and fires it at the support and, uh, picked up a technical for that. So, uh, Yeah, there's there's some emotion there that uh, who knows what that'll bring to this group. But, um, you know, they're all excited about him coming back. And uh, it's a great story. I mean, the guy's been through a heck of a lot. And here he is on the cusp of returning. Uh, So what what it what it'll mean remains to be seen. Um, It's not good for Drew Eubanks. We know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I
0: mean, it'll be interesting. Like if Collins comes back. And pop wants to give him minutes, it will actually be interesting to see where they come from because I mean it's 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 not gonna affect Drew all that much because Drew ain't playing all that much and when, when both this other both Jakob Pernal and Jock Jock Landale are um healthy. But will it cut into Landale's minutes? You you think it probably will. And probably oh, that'll be an interesting kind of kind of dynamic as well. How they how they fit all that. knowing pop, you know, you're not gonna see Collins out there playing 20 minutes maybe at all this season but certainly not at first it's going to be a cameo here or there as he gets his feet wet trivia question for you and it's it's a it's a slam dunk gimme
1: for uh b writers but for the the listeners out there might be interested in this who are the two highest drafted members of the san antonio spurs as currently
0: constituted okay do you want to give everybody a chance to uh to answer like in their heads all the viewers sure sure. sure i'm sure they're out there. Uh, maybe Louise can uh, can uh, our producer can uh, thread in the Jeopardy theme song right here.
1: Our listeners are so well informed; they're they're always at expressnews.com. They're subscribing to the Spurs Nation's newsletter. They know about what a great deal it is to subscribe uh, digitally or in the Dead Tree edition of the San Antonio Express News. So I'm sure they they know the answer to this. But go ahead and uh, and and reveal the two highest drafted members of the San Antonio Spurs. The highest, the
0: number one highest drafted uh-huh. member of the San Antonio Spurs is a, uh, is a fellow called Jakob Pertle He was taken ninth overall in his draft ninth overall. Okay. Number two on that list. And this is what you were getting at is a, uh, a fellow called uh, Zachary Collins uh-huh. who was drafted 10th overall, ten- yes. overall in 2017. I'm also on Zach Collins' uh, basketball reference page right now, just so uh, I got the uh, number right. It says his nickname is Zeebo, which is, that's, that's not true at all. <laughs> that's not true. I think that's, someone called him that ironically, maybe. That's, that's, the, wrong, that. that's the wrong guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, Zach Collins, uh, uh, quite, a, quite a dresser. Uh, enjoyed his his outfits on the uh, on the sidelines so far this season. He seems very enthusiastic in terms of uh, you know being a Patty Mills type uh, cheerleader. We'll we'll see if he can contribute. My point with this is we're talking about all season about what a rebuilding this year this is and all the all the pieces they have for the future. There's still this weird team that is rebuilding and has no real like. Top draft picks. I mean, Jakob Purtle and Zach Collins, who they got at a bargain basement free agent deal. You don't have those guys that every other rebuilding team sort of hopes on the, yeah, the, the top five, yet. top six, top seven picks. They're trying to do something that not many teams have done, um, and that is try to rebuild with a young core that was not drafted in the top ten. And uh, that's just really challenging to do. I, and, I don't and, think it's possible.
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, unless one of the, you know, unless you you get a, unless you get, I mean, I guess you look at Utah. They got Donovan Mitchell, who's not in the top 10, and Rudy Gobert is now in the top 10 and built around that. So right. maybe that, but that's going back to our, our analogy du jour. That's just two lottery tickets for them that really paid off. Like eventually, you're either going to have to find a way to attract that kind of talent, which means having one of those draft picks, probably one of those high draft picks, or trading trading for a guy. I guess I don't. It's know. a confusing. It's a confusing analogy
1: you're using because you're you're calling the lottery tickets the picks that are in the lottery, <laughs> the lottery of the draft. Like that yeah, I know but, I mean. you know you know. But, I mean. but people, like you, compare the Spurs. Community.
0: Compare like Houston came to town on this. On this uh, home stand, and Houston's terrible. They're the worst team in the Western Conference record-wise. But you look at um, them on the floor, the actual players they have. You know, Jalen Green. Um, mm-hmm. You can completely tell the difference, uh, yeah. just athletically yeah. and and potential-wise um, between the Rockets, who do have just this a collection of lottery talent that's just young and hasn't meshed yet, compared to the Spurs who. Have a better basketball team even though they lost the game but they don't have that those same kind of just physical specimens you, you can totally see it so i mean look at all the teams that have have risen in the west you look at memphis that was bad some. i mean and, you know it was just last year the spurs are playing memphis for a playing spot now memphis yeah, might be are. the best team in the freaking conference um and yeah, it's just yeah. this collection of just studs like just physical studs um the Spurs just don't have, despite the fact that they're, they're starting to get some of those um, lottery picks. But again, there's also a difference between the late lottery and the early lottery. You know what I mean? Yep. If, uh, as much as we all like, and then I, I think this is, this is a good point for why the Spurs are going to take Josh Primo there. Just take a swing. Uh, you're not getting Jalen green. You're not getting Cade Cunningham. Um, so take a swing at number 12, instead of taking a guy that, that might be, End up being just solid. Yep. To, you know, the guy you're getting at 12 is probably going to probably going to end up being just solid. Take the swing of yep. the guy mm-hmm. that maybe with a little longer timetable will be better than just solid. in Josh Primo, I think that that was what gamble there. But it,
1: what it's what they to did with that pick <laughs> a few years ago when they took Luka Samenich instead of a guy who was probably going to be solid in um in Brandon, you know Brandon Clark was available There's, there. That's the guy he turned into he's turned into a pretty solid player at Memphis and he would, they would have been better off taking Brandon Clark there. But the thinking was you kind of knew what Brandon Clark was going to be. And he was going to be a solid, you know, fourth, fifth option on a team, which he is. And there's not, that's nothing to sneeze at, but you kind of want to take a big swing and hope that, uh, you know, this kid, this new Luca could be the next Luca. And it, it did not work out when you take those big swings. Sometimes you, you take big misses. Um, But, but, you know, I've I've heard people mention this year and and I totally understand um, this sentiment about, oh, there's all this young talent on this team and you kind of hope it comes together. When you look at how just just numerically. um, How this how the Spurs elite talent compares to every other team in the league, it's not it's not the same. They don't have those high pedigree, you know, top five, top. 10 picks that everybody else has. You need, I mean, you're, you're getting almost best case scenario, DeJounte Murray, and we're, we're going to wind this podcast down. We haven't mentioned him yet. And we probably can uh, the last five or so minutes of this. This is what you dreamed of when you drafted DeJounte Murray. Like he's becoming a top shelf near elite point guard, um, averaging almost a triple double a night, um, making quite a, a, a bid to make the all-star team, which a bid that probably got helped uh, when Damian Lillard went out for this for, to surgery last week, there's still a hope that Murray can make it. But this is, this is just striking it rich with that pick where you got DeJounte Murray. And it's still like DeJounte Murray. Who's awesome. If he's your best player, you're kind of a team that is fighting to get in the play-in tournament. <laughs> um, and that's, uh, maybe that sounds depressing to Spurs fans out there, but it's kind of just the way it is. Like you're, you can do well with dra- drafting Dejounte Murray and Derek White and Devin Vassell and Lonnie Walker, and all those guys have have probably exceeded their draft position, and they're still, you're still kind of waiting to see um, how you I become mean, a contender again.
0: At this time last year, John Morant was the best player on the Memphis Grizzlies. And they were fighting for a play in birth. You know what I mean? It's that's, all the That's true. Well, what I'm saying is it's all the guys around you as well. Yeah. You know, well, you, it's okay, a whole let me puzzle this. It's a whole puzzle that has to be put together. Let me to ask you this weird. though.
1: And this is this is not about criticizing DeJounte Murray at all. I'm I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just asking a, a genuine question. Do you think that Dejounte Murray is in the uh, no. And has the star potential of John Morant. No, I don't think so. Yeah. And De'Ante Murray is great. John, John Morant, you look at him, and that is best I mean, player in the NBA potential.
0: One was <laughs> like taken third overall, one was taken in 29th. NBA. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. And that, that's a huge difference. It's a huge difference to 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 take a guy knowing that he could be the best player on the floor every night, no matter who he plays against. I'm talking. He he can be better than LeBron James, not as a career, but when the Grizzlies play the Lakers in 2022, like I'd rather have John Morant than LeBron James, almost.
0: Yeah, Um, um, that was the kind of the point I was going to make. Like that guy was the best guy on the Grizzlies last year, and granted, he's taken steps this year. But that guy with the potential to be the best player of the NBA was the best player on the Grizzlies last year, and they were still a a, kind of a French. They were still a playing team. So to me, it did what you know, what the Grizzlies have, it's, it's what the Grizzlies have done is has gotten better since last year, but it's more than that. Like, you can't just look at, at, um, well, if DeJounte just keeps taking strides, the Spurs will keep moving up. I think that, you know, that's one step of it, but it's also the pieces around. He needs his Jaron Jackson Jr. And he needs, yeah, you know, these other high lottery picks that that Memphis has put together. And then what Memphis is able to do is just kind of, kind of fill in the blanks of their when you have those high lottery picks in place, then you just fill in the blanks with those role players like Steven Adams and Kyle Anderson. Dylan Brooks becomes uh, um, Desmond Bain, and that's that's there's another that that's sort of like you were talking about Spurs needing one of these gambles to really pay off. I don't know if Desmond Bain was a gamble, but he was a he was a low draft pick. I mean, not low, but 30th pick, yeah, low first pick. round pick, yeah, yep. last pick in the draft becomes um, just a huge piece of, of your of your team, and that's how. I mean, that's how you get from being a team that is muddling around a tenth to a team that could possibly win the conference. Is all those things kind of happening? In addition to your stud being a stud. So yeah, I don't know what our point I'm is prepared. there. I got I got lost well, in the beach have we missed anything? Uh,
1: the uh, Tom, Tom still is struggling uh, with his coffee. I assume have we missed anything Nick Talbot do what uh, do, do you want to set us straight on anything we've missed so far before wind is down?
0: No, I don't think y'all missed on too much. You know, Jeff kind of rambles on and gets, gets to the point of
1: eventually and and gets everything pretty wow. clear. But you know, wow. you know, gets a big gulp into him. He kind of gets everything, but you know, I,
2: when you're talking, you know, if, getting getting the next jaw morant or, or anything, looking at it and they still have a shot to play in. That's because the
1: West isn't very deep at that 10 slot. So they're still looking at what? The six pick overall. So maybe that's the maybe that's the lottery ticket they need. Is they can still get to this play in and still, you know, still compete for the play in, but still also have a shot at picking sixth or seventh. It's not a terrible spot to be in if you're looking at rebuilding. That's you a know, weird they got options. that's a weird uh spot they're in in that. You know, like right now, they are two and a half games out of the out of the play-in spot and three and a half out of the worst record in the West. So to your point, Nick, like you can sort of ride that fence for a while, straddle that fence. And if you miss out on one, you you still have a chance at the other. And you don't have to have the worst record in the conference to finish with the top three pick like that. That's why it is a lottery. You do have... You do have a chance at it. Your chances are higher if your record is worse. But I guess that's sort of the where we can leave it this week is you just continue with, with what you're doing. Um, there could be upsides to both outcomes, kind of in a holding pattern for for the time being. But um, you could find the bright side both ways. I'm going to do this very half-heartedly, this finish, because I'm not sure if I believe it as much as I believe it some weeks. You're not even believing as, in
0: your own sh- slop now.
1: I, I, I appreciate your your self-correction there when you turned slop into what you were finishing. Uh, that, was, that was very professional. And uh, all of you, you out there, sometimes sometimes you don't believe your own slop. But, <laughs> I mean, just fake it till you make it, take care of each other, and keep it real.
2: Yeah. <laughs>